Praise the Lord and welcome to Grace Church, both live and in person this week. It's great to see you all. I ask you to stand with us as we begin to sing and worship this morning. Just remember that if God's for you, who can be against you? Amen. Raise your hands and worship with us as we sing today.
the God of our salvation. Here we are on campus on a Sunday morning, feeling the presence of the Lord. Oh, let the redeemed of the Lord say so today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, one more time. I just can't let this moment go by yet. Come on, something's breaking open. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The foundation of the deep is breaking open with our praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, when we get ready to come to church on, I guess, any service Sunday morning, there's, there's so many things that we think about and do. A lot of it's instinctive, you know, get up, get dressed, get breakfast, all those things. And then most of us, I think, we probably start thinking about what we could expect at church. We, we know the praise team's going to lead us into worship. We know uh, pastor's going to preach. We're going to see one another, all these things. We kind of set an expectation and, and kind of get a mindset of what we think is coming when we get to the service. But using my imagination today, I believe that Jesus woke up and he had some expectations about the service today. I believe he started thinking, you know, when I get there, there's going to be something waiting for me that will make it worthwhile for me to be there. Psalm 65, 1 says, praise waits for you, O Lord. And he knew if he could come to Grace Church, there would be somebody that would praise him. Somebody that would look back at last week and say, look what God did for me. I just got to take a praise break. Somebody that's going through something and you don't have your answer yet, but you're going to praise God anyway. You're going to say, God, you're worthy in the good times and in the bad times. Oh, come on, Grace Church. Jesus knew your praise was waiting for him today. Can we give him a little bit of what he came to church for today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to go ahead and read a text. And, uh, no, I'm kidding. Not really. God bless you today. We are so glad that all of you are here on campus. Great to see you. Those joining us on live stream, glad you're here. Why don't we just make our guests welcome? We're, we're welcoming you. We're glad you're here. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. You may be seated. I'm going to just take a minute here. Uh, pastor's giving me a green light. we got a couple of things we want to to accomplish in this segment of the service. I do want to ask you, did you bring your Bible today, Grace Church family? Do you have your Bible? Yeah. See some hands up. Uh, if, if you didn't get a chance to participate in the podcast and the, the video podcast from Wednesday night, if you can, go back and watch it. We talked about the Word of God, and there's been some neat uh, stories come through since then that I just want to share very quickly. You've heard of the dog eating your homework. The dog ate Sister Murphy's large print Bible. And so she went and got a brand new Bible, got some highlighters, and I, I love the testimony she gave me before church. In the old days, before all this business, people would write the date and the speaker and the sermon title by the text in their Bible, and uh, this week she got to looking through her dad's Bible and reminisced over sermon after sermon after sermon from 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago that he had logged in his Bible 
love that testimony. Brother Mike Landry texted me yesterday, said he bought him a brand new Bible, said I'm going to miss my drop down menu, but I want to handle the word. And uh, I love that. I love that. And then, yeah, yeah. Hey, you got to find a Bible that works for you. And then just real quick, real quick, I'll make this very quick, but I love this story. If I'd have known it, I would have shared it Wednesday night. My mom told me after church, said years ago at uh, First Church Baton Rouge, there was a, a, a just a, a wonderful saint of God, Sister Daisy Reeves. When she, was, when she received the Holy Ghost as a young person, she could not read and wanted to read the Bible. Asked God to help her to read the Bible, and she learned to read, reading the Bible as God taught her how to read and taught her literacy. Isn't that amazing? I'm telling you, the, the riches of the Word of God and what He will do for you in your spirit, in your heart, in your mind are unsurpassed. So God bless you today as we, as we continue to engage the new church culture of bringing our Bibles to church. Again, welcome everybody. Um, thank you so much for your faithfulness and giving. You've been giving online. We appreciate it. That opportunity is still there. If you'd like to give today here on campus, you can give on the way out in the lobby uh, on your way out at, at Grand Central. So God bless you for that. A couple of quick announcements, reminders, all campus activities have resumed. And uh, just, just glad that you're here, glad that we're resuming, glad that we're moving forward. So remember that. And then 21 Days of Sacrifice starts tomorrow, starting tomorrow. And, and I, our Grace Church family, you know uh, what this means and how we do this. It's, it's giving something up that is very important to you for 21 days as we seek the Lord together. Now, how many know that fasting has to be accompanied by prayer? That's right. Amen. Amen. So we're going to be praying. We pray anyway, but we're going to be fasting and praying. So uh, tomorrow night at 714, Unified Family Prayer at your home with your family. Please, please, please make that a priority. Don't forget it. Don't, don't just uh, run past it, but take some time to pray tomorrow night at 714. And then first Tuesday prayer, Tuesday night, 730 here in the sanctuary. We're going to be praying as a church family, and we want you to be a part of that. So we're, we're going to be praying and seeking God. How many know we need God to move? We need a work. Amen. Amen. God bless you. One last thing before we change the order of the service. It looks like we're going back to school. Can you believe it? Uh, school shut down. I believe it was March the 13th. And here we are uh, starting August, starting school this week. And uh, we want God's blessings to be on our kids. We want God's blessings to be on our teachers. And we have quite a few teachers here at Grace Church. So I'm going to ask you to stand today. I'm asking the ministry team to come and help me. We are going to pray over and anoint these prayer cloths. We do this every year at the start of school. And we want to pray God's protection, pray God's favor, pray God's anointing. And by the way, there was an awesome, awesome online youth camp Thursday and Friday night. And on Friday night, he talked about, talked about going back to school and making a difference and, and witnessing and sharing your light. And Elena Bunch and Ella Tear are already working to start a P7 Bible club in their school this year. Proud of them, pumped about it. Cover that in prayer. So all of that, protection, favor, all that, but also the anointing of God and that God would open doors for our kids to be a light and a witness and we'll have revival on our campuses this fall. Amen. So we're going to pray over these claws. We're going to pray earnestly and fervently. And then uh, Brother Ben will step down and, and I want the kids and the teachers to come and get a cloth. Put it in your book sack. Put it, you know, in your classroom and, and keep it this year and God's going to give you favor. Amen. You ready? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you, Lord for every child, for every student, for every teacher that's part of Grace Church. Lord, and, and, and you've honored our prayer every year. 
Every year, God, you have never ceased to move among our children. And we know miracles. We know where you've helped with learning disabilities. We know where you've opened doors of favor and faith and power. And so this year will be no different. And I pray for every cloth that will be in every book sack in every classroom. Let divine favor go with our kids. Order every step of the Lord. Make the path straight. I pray a hedge of protection over every student. I pray a hedge of protection over every campus and over every schoolhouse, God. I pray, God, that you would open doors of opportunity to witness, to share the light of Almighty God, to share the gospel, Lord, that we would be world changers and school changers and life changers, Lord, that we would go in boldness, that we would go in authority, that we would go in anointing. In Jesus' name, every child, Lord, will be protected. Every child will excel. Every child will do exploits. Every student grass. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now can we clap our hands to the Lord in faith, knowing he heard our prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Thank you, ministry team. Students, if you come uh, just very quickly, let's get our prayer clause teachers as well we want you to have one of these in your classroom and uh, we're just going to do this very quickly and then as soon as they're done we're just going to transition right into our praise time why don't you just remain standing there's a tremendous presence of God here God's moving in a great way and we're going to praise him and look forward to what he has for us in the remainder of the service God bless you
to Brother Ben Tier. Um, you may have noticed I've been taking some time out of the pulpit and um, he was scheduled to preach today. And I texted him around 2.30, quarter to three this past Friday morning and said, if you don't mind, Pastor needs to preach this coming Sunday. So Lord willing, he'll be preaching next Sunday. Thank you, Brother Ben, for being a man with a kind spirit. You don't take a preaching slot away from a preacher. That doesn't work. But uh, this man has an amazing spirit, amazing. I appreciate it so very, very much. I also want to say that we've been uh, in this time of, that we're in right now, um, we, we're, we're still moving forward with our campus because I know in the Holy Ghost that we will resume campus at, uh, on some level. And what that's going to be at this point, I don't know. We're following the Holy Ghost one week at a time, one step at a time. You're going to see that this morning. But we are doing some upgrading, updating things that needs to be done. We've had the sign change this week. There's just been a number of things that we've we've done, and uh, the the uh, swing set in the back, and there's a lot of things we're doing. But but in the next month or so, you're going to see some pretty major changes when you look this direction. <clears throat> That's all I'm going to say. You're just going to have to wait and see. So, But I'm just preparing you. We may have a Sunday or two where it's going to look kind of funny before it's all put together. So, um, But it's, it's going to be amazing. 
something I've wanted forever that's finally hopefully coming to pass. So we're real, real excited. Uh, glad to see you, all of you that are here today. It is powerful on campus today. I commented during the singing this morning, I think it was the opening song, I turned around to Brother Beyond, I said, listen to the sound coming out of the chairs, the praise and what have you. It, it was voluminous. You, you drowned it out, that speaker right there in front of me today. It's powerful here today. And uh, it's, it's fixing to get more that way here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, I want to send out huge, huge thanks and appreciation to our ministry team. They have absolutely stepped up. And um, as a matter of fact, that's the lead-in to what I want to speak to you about today. I want to show you this morning the direction, the power, and authority that was behind Brother Jason, Brother Dave, Brother Mark's messages over the past three Sundays. Brother Jason started it off with the second stretch. If you've not seen any of this, you need to go back and watch it or at least listen to it. Then Brother Dave followed up the following Sunday, Is Anything Too Hard for the Lord? Last Sunday, Brother Mark preached, Believe. With the help of the Lord today, I'm going to put all three of that together and give you the background in just a few moments of what that's all really about. But all three of the sermons they preached, only a handful really got it. And I'm very encouraged here this morning with your praise, your worship, your response to the Holy Ghost. You are in spirit and in spirit wise on board with what I'll be presenting today. Uh, and you are engaging what they have ministered to you over the past three Sundays. I want to give these, these men a lot of appreciation and a lot of thanks today for absolutely letting God use them in these perilous times. Let's give our ministry team some appreciation this morning. Well, folks, it's happened again. This past Thursday night, Friday morning, I went to bed about midnight. And I wrestled all night. Most of you don't have a lot of appreciation or understanding for this. It's okay, it's okay. But it's, it's burdensome when you're in the moment. But it's also very inspiring. It's very encouraged. Today, I, I just told Brother Dave I could tear this building down right now. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm not going to do that, but uh, uh, that's my heart. But I wrestled all night from midnight until about 6.15. The last time I looked at the clock was 6.15 Friday morning. I finally drifted off to sleep for a couple hours and got up and went on with my day. But it was all night. I wrestled. In my spirit, it was as if God seemingly was screaming in one ear at me, while at the same time, it seemed I was wrestling one of hell's most powerful demons at the same time. This went on for six hours. That's why I bumped, asked Brother Ben to defer. He said I texted him at 2.42 at a.m. Uh, Friday morning. God has given me an assignment today for those of you on campus and for those of you on live stream. God has given me an assignment and it's very clear to me and I have no ounce of fear or intimidation. Um, God's given me assignment to begin leading Grace Church out of this horrible, sad, depressing mindset 
that most of you have fallen into over all this COVID business. He has given me an assignment to lead you out of that. And that's what I intend to do today. What your attitude, what your attitude and spirit, and now I'm preaching mostly to the people on the camera thing, what your attitude is doing to you and your family right now is far worse than COVID could ever do. And most of you don't see it. Most of you feel like if I step foot inside of a church building, I'm going to catch the COVID-19 virus and I'll be dead in two days. That's the way most of you feel. I'm not going to get into the weeds of mask and social distancing. There's people here today with masks. I deeply respect that. I'm not wearing a mask because I'm not really that close to anybody. And if my spit travels this far all the way out to you, I don't know what to say about that. I noticed on our camera system this morning in the lobby that people were standing way back from the counter from our concierge. You're doing what you know to do. And I'm not going to get into all the details of that. But I do want to address what I know has become far worse than that. Do y'all still like a pastor that tells it like it is and shoots straight and preaches the truth? Y'all still on board with that? (laughs) I just saw somebody. We want to hear what you have to say before we clap too loud. In short, your faith, live stream people, that could, I'm not talking about people that are not physically able to be here, I'm not talking to you. In short, your faith has been totally and completely replaced by fear and for some, a total lack of motivation to even be in church. I don't expect you to believe that, but I'll prove it to you momentarily. First, let's have a little bit of fun and let's laugh a little bit. I'm going to be more intimate with you than I ever dreamed I would be right now, but it's okay. When I'm at home, and it's just Sister Murphy and I, and sometimes my kids and grandkids, I I wear a pair of lounging pants. This is a pair of them. Wear a pair of lounging pants. And uh, I have this cute little black T-shirt. And I like this one in particular because it has a pocket. When I take my glasses off, I can put my glasses in the pocket, and I don't forget where I left my glasses. And then I wear these nice little white ankle socks. Sister Murphy buys me 18 pairs of these every year for Christmas. The nice little fancy polo brand. I don't know what the brand is on the lounging pants. I didn't check, but I wear an Izod shirt and polo socks. And uh, this is Nordstrom. Whew. I didn't even know that. Hallelujah. Where did these come from? Somebody's doing something. Nordstrom Men's Shop. So when I'm at home, this is Pastor Murphy. This is your pastor when I'm at home. Y'all like honesty and transparency? You're getting some here this morning, and we'll probably never get this again. So enjoy it while it lasted. And then when I'm at at home, if you can throw that picture on the screen, 
That's my office at home. And uh, you can see my recliner. I even opened the recliner. And uh, you can see right there is my cup of coffee. And below that, when Sister Murphy goes to the store, she'll buy me and her a box of milk duds. That's right there. And uh, I have all kind of phone charging wires and various things and what have you. It's all right there. And I sit in that chair. And sometimes our dog that ate Sister Murphy's Bible, she'll get up there with me. And she knows she can only get on this armrest right here because the computer's in the way uh, when I pull the computer up to me. So... What I want you to understand, and here's my point that you don't see coming, is uh, I didn't wear this to church this morning, but I wanted to, and I almost did. (laughs) I almost showed up in my lounging pants. Sister Murphy would have not let me out of the house. (laughs) In my lounging pants and T-shirt. And my fancy little ankle polo socks. But this is what I wanted to wear to church this morning, but I didn't. But the truth be known, all of you sweet life stream people sitting out there, you're wearing something like this right now. And you're probably sitting in some kind of an arrangement similar to what you're seeing on the screen right now that's my, my office. You probably have your cup of Java sitting next to you right now and maybe some candy and maybe your dog is sitting on your lap or your cat. And, uh, and so you will tell me and text me when this is over, what an awesome message, Pastor Murphy. But this is your style of having church at home. With this and the picture on the screen, you're sitting on your couch. Some of you probably still have what I call the bed head. It's when you just get straight up out of the bed and you don't comb your hair and you just go sit down and, and you say, we're having church. So I could see myself, in all honesty, I could see myself in my lounging pants having church at my house watching live stream and you can see where this is exactly like I have church here, right? And I'm saying that very cynical-wise. I would not have church at home anything like I would have church here. So let me ask you right now, especially those watching on live stream, what kind of church are you having right now in your house? You lounge back in your recliner, got the big, what, 72-inch flat screen high-definition TV, and you're just sitting there sipping your coffee, and you didn't feel hardly anything of what we just felt during the praise and worship segment of this service. Are you having dressy, sitting in a chair, serious church in your home right now? Or are you doing the recliner coffee milk dud church in your house right now? Let me read my text. And uh, live streamers, do you have a Bible handy or is your coffee cup sitting on top of it? Bibles aren't good coasters. 
So let's read today from Genesis chapter 18, verse 1. If you have your real Bible here today, turn in it. If you don't, you can look at the screen or use your smart device. Genesis chapter 18, verse 1. And the Lord appeared unto him, Abraham, in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. I want all of you to get that picture. Abraham is sitting in the door of his tent and three men came to him. They were angels manifested as men. So Abraham was half in his house and half out of his house. Verse 10. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. This is the angel speaking. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. She couldn't have any more children is what that means. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, (laughs) After I am waxed old, Shall I have pleasure, my Lord being also old? The word laugh here, and you may be seated. Thank you so very much. The word laugh means to laugh outright, to make sport, to mock, to play. Sarah was laughing or making sport at God's promise. <laughs> Listen to that angel out there talking. He's just said, I'm gonna have a <laughs> I'm gonna have a baby. That's the funniest thing I've heard in all of it. <laughs> this ain't over. You're gonna hear that some more. She was laughing. That the promise of God was funny. So I want to preach to you today. My title has two parts. The first and longest part is what I want to preach for the next little while. I'm going to call this laughing at something. So I brought that stuff to give you something to laugh at and kind of blindsided you at the end because that's what most of you doing at home right now. But a week ago this past Friday, I had a burning bush experience in my house. I shared it with some of it with the 85 people that were here last Sunday. I feel like to most of Grace Church, it was funny when I said we have to leave our shoreline and God has let us go in our kind of our own direction. He's been on the ship asleep. He's been with us, but he's not saying anything. But God's about to start talking. And I said all of that. He let us go in our own direction until we were exhausted. And he made that prolific statement to his disciples. How is it that you have no faith? I shared all of that into some grace church people. That was funny. 
In much the same way that the angel manifested as a man speaking to Abraham that day was funny to Sarah. She laughed, but bottom line, I believe, Brother Dave, she was terrified. I physically cannot give birth to a child. Physically, it's not possible for me to give birth to a child. She was laughing as God was making a promise to her that had no chance of fulfillment. It was not possible. I want to take just a moment to show our live streamers and even people here today on campus, thank you so much for being here. But I want to show you what you're afraid of. This comes from the CDC website, Centers for Disease Control website, as of Friday. As of 2019, the U.S. had a population of 328.2 million people. There's been 4,405,932 cases of COVID, 150,283 deaths, 150,000 too many. I get that. I'm not getting into the weeds of COVID, but I'm using this as a little bit of a platform right now. Using these numbers, 0.03% of the COVID cases have died. It's too many people, but the percentage is minuscule, 003 that's actually 0005.0005% of our total population have died of COVID. <laughs> and what you never hear on your favorite television news station that I wish you would turn off for about the next three months is the 2,260,000 people that have recovered. In Louisiana, the population is 4.649 million people. There's been 116,280 cases of COVID and 3,835 deaths. That's 0.03% of the COVID cases that have died, but 74,246 have recovered. I don't know about all them other people in between that. What's happened to them? CDC didn't say nothing about them. But when you look at the number of deaths in Louisiana compared to the population, it's 0.0008%. It's way too many people have died. I'm being very respectful of that. But we are afraid of something that's less dangerous than the flu. I want to read another verse to you this morning and I want to see if I can keep you laughing at something. And I want to just make it known we have people here today named Sarah. When I say Sarah, I'm talking about the lady in the Bible that I just read in Genesis chapter 18. I want everybody to understand that. But I want to give you another verse to see if you think it's funny. Like Sarah thought that promise from God was funny. In 2 Timothy 1.17 for God hath not given us the spirit of fear. No, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. This is what you do. <laughs> if this I 
atmosphere in this environment that's going on in our country right now, God don't think we should be afraid. <laughs> that's the funniest thing I've heard since I was born. Folks, I wrestled this for six hours this past Friday night. We think this is funny. We're making sport that I don't have any other choice but to be terrified. That's what we believe right now. Where is this book? What happened? to this book and the promise that God made. There's people I know today that have read this book cover to cover many times, many times. Where did it go? What happened? Oh, I, I know what it is. God talked to me about this Friday night. God can't heal COVID. He can heal every disease, but he can't do a thing about COVID. You want to laugh? Anybody want to laugh now? Is it funny now? In this environment, we think this is the funniest thing we've ever heard. This is where most apostolic believers are living right now. We, we, you, you, all you out there, we are the most, we're the apostolic people that believe God and have faith. This is where most apostolic believers are. are we, we should be believing all this stuff. We're the people that have said for years that God can heal and perform the miraculous and cast out devils. We're the ones that believe God can heal cancer and raise the dead. What has happened to our faith? I'm not asking people to be stupid and get ridiculous. If you are a part of Grace Church, you know me better than that. I comply with the governor's mandate about wearing masks. When Sister Murphy and I are out in public, we wear one. I don't have a problem with that. But I've not ceased to show up here every Sunday and every Wednesday since March when all this started. And we've preached live and we teach live. And you say, well, you're supposed to do that, but I can't. I made it clear when all this started that we're not going to turn anybody away that wants to come. But we didn't have to. We didn't have any issues with too many people showing up. We've never had one issue with that. Listen to me, church. The governor has said... And to his credit, that he's given churches a little more latitude now, even with this second surge thing going on. He's even called for three days of prayer and fasting. Our governor did that. Where is the church? What are we doing? I have about five that's on board with me right now, and I'm, I'm writing you folks helping me right now. Where has the church been along this line? When you begin to read Exodus chapter 3, there's not a people that has ever lived on this planet who were more terrified than the Jews that were living in Egypt. 
not only terrified, but hopeless. Their race had been slaves for 400 years. That's their parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, and you can keep going. And again, God began making a promise to them in Exodus 4 that in their head had no chance of fulfillment. When Moses showed up and told the elders of Israel that the I Am had sent him to deliver them from Egypt, God sent me, he said, God, God, the I Am. That God that we've jumped up and down and shouted and praised and worshiped and all that when everything was cool and everything was normal, that God that Moses had a burning bush experience with, that he took his sandals off because he was standing on holy ground somewhere out in the middle of the wilderness. It was that God that was speaking to Moses who had been gone for 40 years and he showed up and he said, God, God has spoken to me. And I just have a feeling that some of those elders are going, ha, Did you hear that, Elder Steve? Listen to them clowns over there preaching about the second stretch and the Lord can do anything and we just have to believe. Did y'all hear that? (laughs) How in God's name do you think all of this is going to happen? Y'all on board yet? Are y'all on board yet? Well, for starters, God's going to send some plagues. (laughs) Do you think Egypt is worried about some plagues? Then Moses shows them the same signs that God had showed him save the burning bush. The rod turning to a serpent back to a rod. Again, hand, leprosy, hand, no leprosy. And God even took it a step further and said, gave Moses the power to turn water to blood. I don't have a rod and I can't stick my hand in here and it come out leprosy unless God willed it to happen. But what I do have is three men sitting up here that brought you a sign last Sunday and the Sunday before that and the Sunday before that that God was fixing to do something spectacular and we missed it. We missed it. So to make a long story short, the first plague that comes to the Egyptians is all the water turning to blood. Y'all stay with me. I don't have time to go into all of this. This whole thing repeats with the frogs. This is what happened in the first two plagues. Moses and Aaron called all the Egypt, caused all the Egyptian water to turn to blood. Pharaoh's magicians matched it. And then Moses and Aaron caused the curse of the frogs all over Egypt. And Pharaoh's magicians matched it and it infected and affected the Jewish people who were living in Goshen. So the Jews in Goshen experienced their water turned to blood and they got all the frogs. And then God gave Moses and Aaron the power to... Turn all the dust of Egypt to lice. 
and it infected everybody, all the Egyptian people. So Pharaoh called for his magicians, and they tried to do it, but they couldn't do it. And they went back to Pharaoh and said, we can't match this one. They said, quote, look it up in your Bible, this is the finger of God. They realized, all the political people, all the magic people, all the everybody in Egypt realized that what was going on in their land was a God thing and they had no answer for it. You know what God's doing right now? He's beginning to show our world through the church, through the church, that this is the finger of God and God is going to have his way before it's all said and done. All right. So generally speaking, the Jews were no longer affected by the rest of the eight plagues. They lived separate and apart from the Egyptians in a place called Goshen. Everybody say Goshen. Goshen means, everybody listen. Goshen means a land or place of plenty and comfort. You listen to pastor today. You folks listen to pastor today. Set down your cup of coffee, put your dog down. Maybe you've gone on and put some dress slacks on and a shirt and you're having church now. You've gotten out of your lounging pants. You listen to pastor this morning. Goshen was a land or place of plenty and comfort. This land of plenty and land of comfort was given to them by the Egyptians, not God. Does that sound familiar? Sounds kind of like where we are. We're piled up on our recliners and our PJs with a cup of coffee and our dog on our lap watching Pastor preach all this crazy stuff about hearing from God. We're watching our world go to hell in a handbasket, but we are protected in our place of comfort. But you don't understand that our place of comfort where we live has been given to us by the Egyptians, by our government. The money some of you are living on was given to you by your government. But what you have forgotten is as long as you're living in this mindset, you are still a slave to Egypt and you can't go anywhere unless they say you can. None of this crazy stuff is even that close to us. Brother Ken Williams, I have all due respect for you and your family. Please understand that. You okay? His dad passed away of COVID a couple of weeks ago. But for most of us, we say, the way we're having church right now, the lounging pants, cup of coffee and milk duds, it isn't that bad. As a matter of fact, too many are getting used to it and kind of starting to like it. Someone in our church had this experience, and I've got permission to use it as an illustration. She told me about two weeks ago. She has a good friend. I don't think they're apostolic. It's okay. But said they have decided that they love live stream at home. They love watching church at home. They don't have to get dressed. They don't have to get in their car. They don't have to fight traffic. They don't have to fight none of that. So they're just going to continue. Even when church opens up again on their campus, they're not going back, she said. 
Here's the question I'd like to ask you today, and this is what God is, was shouting in my ear in the wee hours of Friday morning. They were living in Goshen. Were they living in a land and place of plenty and comfort? Were they being protected or were they being quarantined? They were comfortable. They had food to eat. They worked. They had their jobs. They just couldn't worship God like they wanted to. So here's my message to you today. If we're ever going to make it, if they were ever going to make it to their promised land, at some point they were going to have to leave their house to do it. The church, God's church on this planet, and Grace Church is not moving forward right now. And you as an individual are not moving forward either. I have heard from the Lord. God is ready to show the world that this is the finger of God and this is not a time to get cozied up in our Egyptian-provided place of plenty and comfort. You're still not really listening. But go ahead and laugh, Sarah. I'm still going to try to keep you laughing at something as I continue. Let me ask some questions. Who is telling you to stay home? Did God say that? Again, the governor's giving churches some latitude, and we're doing our best to be smart right now. We've got signs all over the place, and I'm not going to go into all the stuff we're doing. Right now, when it comes to COVID-19, you can't find two medical experts that agree on anything pertaining to it. The voices you are listening to are carnal, selfish. Most of them are politically motivated people who wouldn't know God if he hit them in the back of the head. Bottom line, what's keeping us shut in right now is that demon I wrestled with all night Friday night that's called fear. Let's have a very short, one-sided conversation, okay? I'm going to do all the talking. Let's talk about the places you're going now. You go to grocery stores, lots of people. You know when I had my motorcycle accident and had all the road rash on my arm, down my leg, and all that stuff? You know where they, the doctor, my doctor told me, you know where they told me not to go? It's that little store right over there that all Pentecostals love it. All the Pentecostals love the little WM store over there. Said, don't go there. You'll get an infection there quicker than you will anywhere else. That's what my doctor said. Gas station, people. Restaurants, people. Lawn and garden places, Clegg's, Home Depot, Lowe's, all those places. Hardware stores, there's people. People everywhere. How about trips and vacations? Y'all still like a preacher that preaches the truth and gun barrel straight and all that kind of stuff? How about Gatlinburg and Branson and Florida? Any of you folks ever been there lately? The big, huge amusement park in Florida. The beaches in Florida. New Orleans, Lafayette, Lake Charles, everywhere. But isn't it something that coming to church is just too risky? Y'all still aren't getting it. You're not getting it. 
And what do you know? What do you know? We anointed prayer cloths today for our kids. School is starting up, and most of you will be sending your kids. And Central, the younger ones won't be required to wear a mask at all. The older ones can take theirs off in their classroom. I've even noticed a plan on my WAFB TV app on my phone several days ago. Isn't this amazing? They even worked out seating for the LSU football season. Who did that? I want to see you in church every Sunday and Wednesday. I said when it started, they're not going to shut football season down. There's too much money involved in it. Some of you are witness to that. But even a plan for the LSU football games, what do you know? Why is it that church has seemingly become that one most horrible place that you can go right now? You say, well, pastor, grocery store and all that's essential. Whoever said church wasn't? Who said that? Who said that? Who said it? Look at the source. Our political officials. We still have political people that won't let churches gather at different states around the country. You know that. You didn't hear it from pastor. You didn't hear it from the word of God. You didn't hear it from God himself. You have allowed a demon called fear and another one called comfort to usurp and undermine your faith. If the Jews had not been willing to step out of their house, they would have never been a recipient of God's promise, and you won't either. Y'all give me some latitude, but I'm feeling my milk duds right now, buddy. I'm feeling my cup of coffee right now. You're not going to inherit anything living under an umbrella of fear and being imprisoned by fear. It's not going to gain you anything in your faith. Got to hurry. I got to hurry. Working up a sweat up here already. A number of years ago, Kelton, I'm so glad you're here. Nobody can laugh like Kelton knows. I almost put him on the spot today. If we could rewind the tape, what, about 20 years, 25 years, something like that. Steve Bunch is here today. Dave Bunch is here today. I'm missing Marcus, maybe Kevin and Keith, uh, Kelton's brothers. They did a skit at a Christmas banquet years ago where this group of people were talking. I may preach an hour today. If you need to leave, go ahead. But I'm not cutting this one short. You're hearing from God. So if what you have to do is more important. Anyway, I'm not in a hurry today. But they got these little chairs around this Christmas banquet. Funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. And they would call out numbers. 22. And all that group go, ah, <laughs> Kelton, I, I ain't going to ask you to do it. It's too embarrassing. Hey. <laughs> That's what I'm afraid of, is he'll do it. <laughs> uh, and 42, ha, 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 56, ha, ha, ha. Well, a friend walks up and says, what in the world are you crazy people doing? They said, well, we've sat around for years and just told jokes. And we just got tired of telling the jokes, so we put this book together, and we've numbered all of our jokes. So when you call out 22, we know what joke that is, and we all laugh. And when you call out 42, we know what joke that is, and everybody laughs. Okay? So the guy said, well, I'd like to try it. So they tell him in the skit, here, take our book of jokes home with you. You know, learn a couple and come back, and you can participate with us. So 
Two or three days passed, and the fellow comes back. He said, I'm ready. He goes, 18. And nobody did nothing. Nobody laughed, nothing. He said, 28. Nobody did nothing. He even called 42, the one he heard them laughing at a couple of days ago. Nothing happened. And he said, man, why, why isn't this working? He said, I'm calling these numbers. Y'all aren't laughing at anything. The punchline of the skit is one of the guys says, well, there's just some people that don't know how to tell a joke. That's the punchline. That's the funniest thing I've ever seen. I have it on video, and I still watch it from time to time. Uh, I'll pull it up, on, and I'll watch that skit every now and then. So I have an idea. We're going to do a shortened version of Bible quizzing. I lost my handkerchief somewhere. I don't know where it went. I had it out a minute ago. I found it. It's in my other pocket, wrong pocket. So I have an idea I want to present to you Goshen people. I'm going to read a bunch of Bible scriptures here in just a second. But I'd like for you to memorize them. You know, one through however many it is. I didn't count them. And so, and so instead of having to quote the verse, you just say number two, and it represents that verse. It's kind of like the people that came up with PTL for praise the Lord. You don't have to say praise the Lord, just say PTL. I'm being very cynical today, but this is a God thing. For all the Sarahs watching today, I suggest you do that with your Bible. So I'm going to give you some more Bible verses in case you need something to keep laughing at. Let's laugh together at this verse. Mark 16, 18. Jesus said, They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall... <laughs> Isn't that funny? Come on, somebody laugh! What's the matter? I can't read a verse? I can't tell the joke? How about this one? This one's real funny. Is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. In the name of the Lord, in the prayer of faith, shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. I can't hardly finish. This is so funny. And if he's committed any sins, they shall be forgiven him. While we preach for years that God can heal anything. Brother Mark preached, we believe that. Except for COVID. Calvary didn't cover COVID. The 40 stripes didn't cover COVID. Funny, ain't it? Isn't that hilarious, Sarah, to think that even God had a chance at healing COVID-19? How about these? Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with my right hand of righteousness. How about this one? O Lord my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. How about Jeremiah? For I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord, because they called thee an outcast, saying, This is Zion. This is the church who no man seeketh after. Proverbs said, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my saying. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all of their flesh. We say, I don't need those promises because Egypt 
has given me Goshen. I mean, really, I'm sitting here in my PJs. I've got my family and my house and my job and my kids are going back to school soon. But what are you, what are you, what, what you're forgetting, Mr. Goshen boy, is that you're still a slave in your mind and in your spirit. Here's some more Bible verses. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Here's another one. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. How about what Peter said? Who in his own self bear our sin in his body on the tree that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. You getting the point, Sarah? Are you getting the point? There's somebody watching right now. And there's people here on campus right now. Your faith is being reborn as you're hearing the word of God again. I feel like for the first time I'm overriding the television set. I feel an authority in the Holy Ghost today I've never felt before. There's a man that as a, that's here today that as a man I am terrified of. I had a conversation with Brother Billy on the phone yesterday. And I never have understood why people run from the law. I mean, this kind of run. You're not going to outrun them. And all due respect, them old pot-bellied boys, they can run a whole lot faster than what you think. And if they can't catch you, they have a dog that can. And if the dog can't catch you, they've got a helicopter that can. And if, they can't, if that don't work, they've got something else that's going to get you. Sooner or later, and I'm terrified of these people. I've had, I've literally, I'm serious, I've had nightmares. Of, of committing a crime and being arrested. I've had literal nightmares being thrown up against the car, <laughs> head slammed down on the hood. Bow! What are you, man, an idiot? I'm not going to use their words. Are you stupid from running from the law? What do you think you're doing? And their legs bleeding where the big German shepherd just took out half of their calf muscle in the back. What do you think you're doing running from the law? And they've got mace in their face and a taser thing in their back. And <laughs> I'm terrified of that. It ain't funny. That's Sarah over there laughing. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Michelle's such a good sport. So I've asked Brother Billy to do to me this morning. I asked him to come in full uniform, full dress as a sheriff's deputy. I have a lot of respect for this man. Mainly because I don't want to get on the wrong side of Brother Billy Thornton. I made the statement one time that shaking hands with him is like shaking hands with a small frying pan. Your hand just, I mean, you just stretch over that thing. Not making fun. He just. But this is what's happened to us as apostolic people. Brother Billy, it scares me to death, man. I don't know if I can do this or not. I've never had these on. I'm 63 and this is the first. How many of you have had on hand? Now don't raise your hand. (laughs) 
believe. Good luck. <laughs> so here he comes. Here he comes. That uniform, that gun, that taser, probably a baton, all kind of knowledge of knowing what to need to do. I do need to walk around, Brother Billy, and finish my sermon. I'll call you right back. He has promised to let me go in a few minutes. Did you turn my page? I can't deal with this, man. I'm kind of claustrophobic anyway. Oh, my goodness. This is horrible. I'm not doing this my sermon. This, seriously, if you've better been in Anka, this oh, my goodness. You can't do nothing. I'm too fat to do the leg through the thing. But this is what's happened to us apostolics. We still have our faith. Listen to me. We still have our faith, but we don't have the ability to manifest the works of it because our hands have been handcuffed behind our back because of fear. We had a, one of our Sunday school kids was here Wednesday night and said, where's my Sunday school teacher? I don't see him. Being very respectful today, you have to understand, I'm, I've been given an assignment and I'm doing it. But our, a lot of our leadership people are at home, even today. Your faith is still there, but your hands have been cuffed behind your back. You can't do the works of your faith. Where are our prayer warriors and our intercessors? I know who they are. Most of them are at home today. How are you praying with your hands cuffed behind your back? How can you pray in faith when you're so full of fear? James said in James chapter 2, verses 18 through 20, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. And I will show you the, my faith by my works. Thou believest there's one God, you do well, the devils believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? What about the statement Jesus made to his disciples on the stormy sea? I said it a minute ago. He said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? I'm glad Jesus has been with us through this whole entire time. And I've had my moments where I've been terrified. I'm being honest today. I've watched the church with God's help that I've built for the past 27 years seemingly go down the drain this past March. But God has assured me he has awakened. He has awakened. And he is speaking. He is. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. How is it 
that you have no faith. So based on our James 2 works, I understand why we've not been healed in the past. We've heard more sermons than we can count on faith and healing and encouragement and inspiration. And right now, Brother Billy, it all seems for naught. I've not heard of anybody healed of COVID yet. I may miraculously had it and it's gone just like that and the doctor verified it. I've not heard one testimony. Past 27 years, I've preached over 1,400 sermons at this church and taught as many Bible studies. I've preached faith, vision, healing, the blood, heaven, hell, and on and on. And I'm having a hard time seeing the fruit of it right now. So I hope you pajama-clad folks get the point. I've heard from God, and now you'll be accountable to it. Do y'all still like a preacher that preaches it straight? There's something that ought to be on the inside of us right now that says, I've got to get out of this. I've got to get out of this. I can't live like this. I'm going to ask you this question again in a few minutes. How long are you going to live like this? Until it passes? Who knows when that's going to be? At some point, I've been very respectful. You people know that. We've canceled church for eight Sundays in a row. We just did a stretch of two Sundays. I've made a statement before this ever happened that we're not going to close again by the help and grace of God. We're not closing again. I'm just not going to do it. We did our thing and God honored it. He honored our submission to the government. Now it's time to take the apostolic stance and come out of our handcuffs and get rid of our fear and say, if God be for us, who can be against us? And I just have a feeling today that my fear of the people is not valid that you folks and you folks have been waiting a long time to hear this sermon. The reason I've not preached it is because God never gave it to me to preach, not like this. If you don't mind, Sister Carla, when she got up a few minutes ago while they were singing and walked down here, it was an affirmation to what I'm feeling. She's tired of the handcuffs. She's tired of the handcuffs. Tired of the handcuffs. Anybody else? Is there four or five people here today that's sick and tired? We may not be able to do one thing with COVID, but I can do everything with my attitude about it. I refuse to live in fear. I refuse. I haven't been afraid since it started. If I get COVID and die, I'm better off because of it. But for now, I've got to preach the word. God has called me to preach the word. He's called me to teach the word. And I can't do it when I'm handcuffed. Thank you, Brother Billy. Thank you so much. Watch how awesome this is going to be right here. Watch. Y'all watch it. Live stream. Y'all watching this? Look at this. One hand free. One hand free, one hand free. One. Y'all don't get that? 
Thank you. Thank you. Y'all didn't just get that. I've got, I had a hand free, buddy. I was liberated to do something. I wasn't totally bound. I may have still had one behind my back, but he let me go of one of them. I can do something with that hand. Everybody clap your hands to the Lord. medically documented that both of these folks were healed of COVID. Jeremy. Diagnosed with COVID and he sang in the praise team this morning. Where's your fear now? Brother Ben, Sister Ethel, Heather, diagnosed with COVID. She's been up here this morning just giving, you know what happened? She got uncuffed, not just from COVID, but from the fear. And here they are. All right. All right, watch this. And I'm, I'm concluding. I'm going to give you some hope here today. There is an end to this. Moses ultimately gave them some crazy instructions for their deliverance. And I'm going to give them to you. Moses speaking. Y'all want to be delivered from Egypt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all willing to give up Goshen? Yeah, 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 yeah. Anything to get out of this horrible demon infested place that we've been living in. So, okay, what I want you to do is walk out to your pasture and find the most perfect lamb you've got. And I want you to slay him. And I want you to eat his flesh. And I want you to take his blood, Brother Brad, and paint it, slobber it, snot it, all over your doorpost and lintel. All over your doorpost and lintel. I want you to put it everywhere. Because the tenth plague is coming. He didn't do this until after the ninth. The tenth plague is coming. And there's an angel that's going to pass over Egypt. And it's going to kill every firstborn that don't have the blood on their doorpost and lintel. The lintel is the thing that goes across the top, the horizontals. Watch this. God just nudged me with this. It's not my notes. God had to do that with them to make them afraid of him. These theologians get that. You got it. God had to make them afraid of him. If you don't do this, Annabelle, where's Hattie? I just saw her. She went out. She's back there. If you don't do this, she is going to die. If you don't do it, where's Allison? Is she outside too? Oh, there she is. Raise your hand. If you don't do this, 
she's going to die. If you don't do it, Hannah's going to die. Y'all get the point? If y'all don't do this, Cole, Cole, that guy there, that guy is going to die. So what do you think they did? Let me ask you a question. If he had not asked them to do that, Blake, skip that little plague part and just go out and kill a lamb and I'm going to deliver you out of here tomorrow, how many of you think would have prepared anything? He had to scare them into a whole other realm of fear. So the Passover was for two purposes. It was to judge and to take all the firstborn of the Egyptian people. But what you people have to understand is when they packed up the next morning and walked through that door, they walked under a blood covering. And you know what that blood covering caused them to do? You know the first thing they did is they went and knocked on the door of the people who had been persecuting them and their families on and on, back, back, back for 400 years and said, I want your gold, I want your silver, I want to just walk through your house and I'm going to take whatever I want. And those people, the Egyptians, were so terrified of these little weak, skinny, anemic Jews that they said, here, take it all. You can have my cart. Come get my cart and horses and load it up. You can have it all because when God scares people, it ain't funny. When did Sarah quit laughing at God's promise? I don't know. Was Was it when her belly started to swell a little bit and she felt that little oomph, oomph, oomph on the inside. You mothers know about that. Was that when it ceased to be funny? I don't know when. But Sarah soon realized that God wasn't playing. So the first part of my sermon is laughing at something. Here's the second part. You're laughing at something that's not funny. She even denied that she laughed. But she finally had to own up to the question, is anything too hard for the Lord? I'm calling on Grace Church. Everybody here, everybody on live stream to do the same. I have one more scripture and I'm done. Proverbs chapter one, watch this. God spoke this to me. Talking about wisdom, she, talking about wisdom, she crieth in the chief place of concourse. In the openings of the gates, in the city she uttereth her words, saying, How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you, and make known my words unto you. Because I have called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. I, you have set naught at all my counsel and would have none of my reproof. I also will laugh 
at your calamity. And I can promise you when God laughs, it's not funny. And I will mock you when your fear comes. So I wonder today if God has been up in heaven looking down at some of us laughing the way Sarah laughed at him. After all, she's the one that set precedent for this laughing business in her unbelief and fear. <laughs> Look at them. Them poor little fools. They've got their hands cuffed behind their back and they're scared to death. And they don't. That's <laughs> when your fear comes, as desolation and your destruction comes as a whirlwind and distress and anguish come up upon you, then they shall call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me early, but they shall not find me. And what they hated, and they, they that hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would not of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way, Goshen boy, and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools will destroy them. But whoso hearkeneth unto me, whoso hearkeneth unto me, whoso hearkeneth unto me, shall dwell safely, and shall be quiet from fear of evil. My son, if thou shalt receive my words, and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom, and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge, and lift up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searches for her as hid treasures then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God for the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding he layeth up sound wisdom for righteousness he is a buckler unto them that walk uprightly he keeps the paths of judgment and preserves the ways of his saints then shalt thee understand thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity yea every good path when wisdom when wisdom enters into thy heart and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul. Discretion shall preserve thee and understanding shall keep thee. You know what? We're trying to figure all this out on our own. But if we will embrace what I'm preaching, God will give you the wisdom to handle COVID. He just said he would. So if you'll stand with me today, Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your patience. Again, I'm not getting into the weeds about this or that when it comes to COVID. I'm here today to address our attitude. I'm not a doctor and don't claim to be one. But I am talking about our attitude. And I am qualified to do that. So here's the question again. How much longer are you going to live in fear? You say, until this is over. I say, can you wait that long? Because it'll never be over. So, go ahead and start playing, Casey. I don't expect you to do anything you're not comfortable with here today. Don't do this if you don't believe it. You want to step out on faith, I'm good. Just don't go with the crowd today. This ain't one of them go with the crowd things today.
I'm going to ask you to make a commitment. That when you go home today, live streamers, those of you that are listening to the wrong voices, even the ones in your home, I want you to do this when I'm done. This is our altar service. I'm going to ask you to go home and get a bottle of olive oil out of your pantry. You don't have to have this cute little thing we use. It's just something we get online. It's Go get you some olive oil. I want you to anoint all the doors in your house. And you pray. I'm embracing what God spoke to the pastor. I'm taking all of those verses and I'm going to embrace them. I'm going to believe their promise and that every time I walk in and out of my house, I'm walking under a blood covering in and out. I'm going to tell you tell you what's going to happen. Tell you what's going to happen. Somebody's going to do this and they're going to get COVID and they may even pass away. And you're going to point your finger back in my face and say, God didn't say, tell you nothing. I don't care what happens. I don't mean it that way. I care if people pass. My heart's bleeding for Brother Ken and their family today is dead. But I doubt if he's complaining. today I followed my assignment exactly as God told me I typed every word of this I ask you to go home and do it and replace your fear with faith persuaded yet that we're hearing from God? Is anybody persuaded? So, if you're willing to embrace the Word of God today, I'm going to ask you to come stand up here, kneel, whatever you want to do. Repent as God said. Repent as God just spoke and said. And walk out of here.
Somebody do what you feel right now if we've ever had a visitation of the Holy Ghost.